This is CliffCentral.com. Future CEOs on CliffCentral.com. Welcome back to Future CEO. So in the words of Richard Branson, he says that business is an adventure. And in my eyes, this man is the ultimate adventurer. We bump into each other every now and again on these hardcore trails. And yet he's an entrepreneur of note. I think the topic for this segment of Future CEOs, everybody, should be success through an adventure mindset. What do you think, Gary? An adventurous mindset. Yeah. Uh, I think all entrepreneurs need to have that to a certain extent. But, but Eric, you seem to take that to the... <laughs> <laughs> Absolute next level, um, and, and it's remarkable. I actually, uh, off air, was remarking because you were chatting to someone. I overheard it that it's a little bit crazy for me. Do you want to just pull us into that picture? You were describing something you're doing next year. Yeah, so we, we've got something pretty epic in the pipeline for actually this time next year, uh, a world record attempt. All right. Oh, one of those. One of those. <laughs> uh, but it's not just a world record attempt. Uh, we've got an incredible a uh, lady on board as well. So it'll be the two of us yeah. uh, trying to break a world record. Tell, tell, us, about, yeah, tell us about the record. <laughs> You've got us. <laughs> so there's a, a, a little challenge called the Adventure Grand Slam. Mm. We're calling it 7.2 degrees. And uh, the world record for that is 138 days set in 2016. Essentially what it involves is tagging both poles, North and South Pole, and all seven summits, the highest peak on each of the seven continents. Oh, wow. In under 138 days. And, uh, and I say, oh, wow, but I actually don't even know what it means to climb a, a small mountain just in our backyard here. What you're trying to do is climb seven peaks, go to the North and the South Pole. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, so the idea is to start around about the 1st of January and uh, head out from 89 degrees south. Mm. We walk uh, 67 nautical miles in uh, temperatures of around minus 40. That's the warmest we're expecting it to get. Uh, minus 40. Mm. Yeah, so your, your coldest setting on your freezer is around minus 15. <laughs> <laughs> so it's sort of three times that. Uh, and the clock starts as soon as we tag the South Pole. As soon as we get there, uh, the clock starts. We then go to Mount Vincent on Antarctica, climb that. Uh, we go to Aconcagua, South America, uh, Carson's Pyramid in Indonesia, Kilimanjaro in Africa. Then we do the North Pole. Unbelievable. Because if we leave it any later, it melts. <laughs> and then we swim with polar bears. Uh, from there, we go to Elbrus in Russia, which will be a very early season climb for Elbrus, really cold. Mm. Um, Everest. And uh, then we fly across the Atlantic to tag Denali in Alaska. Uh, I, I, we forgot I'm, to introduce him. Please, beyond, above and beyond all of that, please do introduce yourself to future CEOs. So my day job really, so my, my name is Eric Vermeule and my day job is that of behavioral strategist. So I work with companies helping them to develop a behavioral culture mm. because I think every company, particularly those ones who are successful and grow, get into that point of, you know, where what it says on the billboard isn't actually what it does. Mm. Uh, you know, there's the bank that says, how can we help you? And it looks fantastic on the billboard, but and you walk into a branch and it falls completely on its ass. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it, I, I consult with companies to help them, you know, just, Build their brands from the inside out and build a bridge between marketing and HR because marketing tells the world how freaking awesome we are. And then they dump it on HR and say to people right now, deal with it, deal with it. Well, now go and do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, nine times out of ten, HR goes like, what the hell? <laughs> mm. uh, because it's the sort of, you know, sanity of HR with meeting the creativeness of marketing. Uh, and, and that often for a lot of companies creates a huge disconnect. And it ultimately then manifests itself in the, the, the customer experience or the user experience. Mm. You know, it only takes one 
a disenfranchised employee at a franchise, for example, um, you know, to give you one sloppy burger. Uh, mm-hmm. Example, yesterday, uh, so there's a project that, that we're working on in the near future, just a small one, um, and we're looking to involve a Vespa in that. So I headed down to the Vespa dealership at um, Design Quarter, get there, oh, no, the door's locked, it's closed, there's a sign on there saying, sorry, closed for stock take. Mm. Uh, so, of course, you know, we, we put it out on Twitter. Uh, the, yeah. the, the sales director of Western South Africa phoned me this morning saying, wow, sorry. Um, yeah. And explained to me, you know, they're, they're busy sort of closing the store down, but their, their leases, they're just keeping it there while their lease mm. is, is, hasn't run out yet. So there's one staff member who sits there. She had to go to, a, ironically enough, a sales meeting mm. and uh, shut the store. Uh, but the experience of, you know, they, they've literally lost it, could have lost that on on. On, on a sale for, for, for whatever. So it's, it's around helping companies understand that, you know, we, 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 it, it's, a, it's our internal culture that helps us create a brand experience mm. that allows customers to stick with us and come back. And, very, very nice. And that sort of thing. That's the boring stuff, the, the, the day job. Well, not so boring. I mean, it's, it's fairly interesting. And I think to our, our listeners, our future CEOs community, that's very, very, uh, very interesting. In fact, and let's touch on it. Uh, to a to a large extent here, but let's draw some parallels because uh, mm-hmm. I, I want us to just understand where this adventure stuff comes from, and then how you build these two mm. uh, parallel courses that you're following in life together. Uh, how you sew it together? So, uh, le- just what was your first big experience, and what did it teach you? And and then uh, how did you apply that in a, a business environment? Tough question to answer because I've always been sort of outdoorsy and and that's sort the of thing. I remember at Varsity, uh, actually before that, at, at high school, planning with some mates that we're going to go to Nepal and you know hike around the Annapurna Massif. Mm. <laughs> and in the eighties, no one was thinking of stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, are you are you mental? Uh, so I've always been kind of outdoorsy and and, and adventurous. And even even at Varsity, I mean, I, I've got a degree in human movement science. Wow. You know. Um, phys ed in, 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 in those days. And, mm. and the real issue with that was, you know, if, if you, with an exam looming, you know, you, you don't study everything. You kind of just like spot. And the problem is you spot setups and you get push-ups in the exam. You're pretty screwed. Uh, but through that and understanding that I was taking groups of students on getaways. You know, we were going to do a hiking trail in January every year, more as a way of earning some money. And, but something fundamentally changed in, those groups in the students during the five or six days that, that, that we were in, in on that wilderness experience. That then got me literally thinking about researching and looking at the power of um, adventure-based education and, and the applications of that in within a corporate environment. That, that was a big focus of, of, a, of a book I co-authored. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the name of the book? No, it's very academic. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we never know. We might like it in future series. Um, I actually can't even remember the title of it. Okay, we'll find out. But, but my co-author did get a, a, a doctorate degree oh, really? <laughs> for that. Okay, um, well. I, I got a pat on the back kind of thing. But it, it kind of meant that I've always looked at what we do in corporate with, with that background. Mm. And uh, I'm a partner in an inter-travel business as well called Explore, where we literally facilitate experiences to some of the seven summits. We've got a 180-kilometer desert trek across the Lewa Crescent in the Middle East. Uh, we've got a 1,000-kilometer mountain bike ride across wow. Tibet. We ride our mountain bikes up to Everest Insane. Base Camp. Mm. Yeah. But then we also have a Scotland whiskey-tasting mountain bike ride, <laughs> which is more about the, the whiskey mm. <laughs> than yeah. about the bike. Mm. But 
we we have a very specific way of approaching those expeditions and that i mean there there are a ton of those expedition type companies and all of them are selling summits mm. and Correct. front of mind you know i tell when i tell anybody i, I climb mountains and we're going to everest in 2019 uh, they tell me that i'm crazy i'm stupid mountains kill people yeah. uh, but the fact is I was that thinking it, by mountains the way. don't kill people mm. what kills people is the choices or the decisions they make on the mountain mm. whilst you're hypoxic and <laughs> your decision making abilities are severely yeah. um, affected but you know the, the the movie Everest uh, that came out two three years ago. Mm. That, that was the ninety six expedition or, or, or season that, that saw a whole bunch of people die. But and and you see it in the movie. You know, there's a very there there are very clear parameters that, that you need to follow on mountains in order to come back alive and with all your fingers and all your toes, and 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 you break those parameters at your peril. So. What 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 happened in, in sort of early nineties was the forerunner for that is that. Expedition companies started selling these summits. So anybody who had $50,000 to spare um, could pay that, put the money down, and they can go and climb Everest. Mm. Whether they have the experience or not, uh, that's the reality. It it, it still is, and it's about $85,000 now. Um, But what we do and explore when we put expeditions together is we deliberately don't sell summits. What we do is we sell an experience and we sell a process. Mm. And the funny thing about that is that when you take that summit as a goal out of the equation, people change their decision-making a heck of a lot um, because they're more focused on a process. Mm. And I see the exact same thing happening in business, in, business. in, in life. life. Um, I've got, I love that. I've, I've got three-year-old twins that, that kind of keep us busy. Mm. And, you know, so we're, with them growing up, I'm thinking a lot around um, – my experience growing up, my experience at school, and, and I was one of those guys who was pretty out of the ordinary in terms of athletic ability. You know, I, I would, as a joke, go to the athletic long jump practice with my mates because I had nothing else to do that afternoon and beat them all and end up in the team. Mm. <laughs> uh, I, I played international sport for, for 10 years. Um, I, was, I, I cycled semi-professionally until I had a heart, developed a heart condition. And the problem with all of that was – that it just came too easy, firstly. The second problem with that was, as I was growing up, and this is, you know, I, don't, I don't blame my parents for this at all because they didn't know any better, but I was v- always recognized for achieving certain outcomes. You know, so you, you make the first team, you get, get rewarded for that. You make the provincial team, you get rewarded for mm. that. The problem with rewarding kids and employees, because and employees. We, we do that Let's in business all the time. In the, in the business context, yeah. okay, mm. Eric? We, we, we do that. You know, in, in, nice in companies all the time, we the, the the sales team are incentivized, and the top five salespeople get to go on the week to Mauritius or, mm. or the Maldives mm. or, mm. or wherever. Problem with that is, firstly, it's the same people that go every year. <laughs> uh, secondly, we become outcomes focused. We become so inept with that goal and achieving that trip. Uh, you know, it, take it one step further in corporate Steinhoff. Uh, the most recent one, we, mm. we we become so obsessed with results, stock prices. Um, that when those results aren't coming, we cheat in order to achieve the result. Uh, we see the same happening in the sporting world. You know, there, there is no clean sportsman around. You know. um, so when we talk peak performance versus achievement, what, what are you saying? Then? So what, what, what I'm saying is that what, what we do on the mountains, what we should be doing in corporate is instead of rewarding people for achieving a goal, we should be rewarding people for um, immersing themselves in a process. Mm. Right, the, the way you get 
to the top of a seven or an eight thousand meter mountain is by understanding the process. Yeah, and and and, and following it and following the process. Yeah, you know, so it, it it's going to take. So we we schedule three months for an Everest climb, it, not because it's going to take you three months to climb it. You know, you, you can climb it in five days. What takes all the time is the acclimatization, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The process. Now, yeah. Now, interestingly enough, so the lady joining me on the 7.2 world record attempt is a lady named Letsejo Zulu. <gasps> Ooh, nice. yes. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> boom. Uh, boom. And, and Letsejo's, you know, well known for, I suppose, um, her late husband, Gugu, dying on, every, on um, Kilimanjaro, Kilimanjaro two years yeah. ago. Yeah. So, you know, I phoned her up and said, listen, can, can I buy you a cup of coffee? And this is the idea mm. <laughs> over coffee. And We've been getting a lot of questions, you know, just because we're in that industry around why did Zulu, uh, Gugu pass and so on. And the thing is, it's not that he wasn't fit. It's, it was just like a perfect storm mm. in the same way that, you know, Everest claims lives every year. No. But what was so interesting around that is it, 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 it was around that whole concept of, of a summit. And you, and you speak to so many people who have climbed Kilimanjaro and they tell you that summit day was the cuckest day of their life. Mm. Um, they were nauseous, out of breath. They felt shit all the time. Um, now, the thing is, everybody has the ability to acclimatize. Mm. Right? It's the way your body adapts to, to lower partial pressure of oxygen. And there's a great business analogy here as well. Bring it on. Yeah. So when we take... When we take people to uh, Kilimanjaro, we do a seven-day trip, non-negotiable, mm. not a five-day trip, as mm. is the standard, mm. because we want to we, we, we're more conservative in that approach. We want to give people the best opportunity to acclimatize before subjecting them to summer day. Mm. Think about how everyone's ca- carrying on at the moment in business around change, disruption, etc. Mm. You know what? Every business has the ability to adapt. What we sometimes do is we forget the environment within which we have to adapt and what those physiological parameters are that allow us to adapt. Mm. And when, again, when when we fight against nature, for for, for want of a better word, that's when it comes back to bite us. Mm. But I I just want to challenge this for a second, Uh, but not challenge you, just challenge it. So in a world where tenure is is never longer than three to five years, in a world where you know what, I'm, I'm going to be gone, um, I can blame someone, I can, th- these, this, this lack of integrity perhaps we can refer to it as, uh, how, do we, how do we apply what you're describing? So I know that there are people who are listening and they're thinking, damn it, my boss is like that, or hopefully uh, there's an introspective process going on, but how does a person like that who's listening and saying, but, but my boss doesn't care. He just he's just steaming ahead, doing whatever he wants, creaming the or, or stealing the cream, um, uh, uh, where and where where and when possible. How how does someone then build what you're describing into that? I, th- I think w- what you're describing now is is the exact product of call it capitalism or tenure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> or you know where as as a senior executive, I'm measuring my performance. Uh, my success against the paycheck, mm. uh, uh, the, the wrong things. We did some work with a company in Kenya called Safaricom in 2010. So biggest cell phone company on the continent. Uh, these guys invented things like M-Pesa. 
you know, to, to try and use cell phone technology to transfer money and stuff. Mm. And when we worked with them on a behavioral culture project, uh, mm. the, the one challenge they had was their CEO, uh, Michael Joseph, was retiring. And Michael Joseph is the sort of Bill Gates of Kenya. Mm. And they were battling with this whole idea of how do we transition to the new CEO who obviously has new plans. And at the same time, mm. um, Zane, Airtel, the rivals – Mobile phone companies were coming into Kenya. Call rates were being slashed uh, by 50%, 60%. And Safaricom were looking at, you know, how do we survive this? It's kind of that perfect storm. Um, and what was so amazing to see was how um, the, the incoming uh, CEO, ex-MTN, um, Bob Collymore, really bought into this whole process concept and developed processes uh, that would allow them to be successful. So – Things weren't measured on certain goals and certain returns, but they were measured on what are we doing in order to get there. And people were rewarded for um, following that process. What was so interesting around that is when Bob Collymore's tenure came to an end uh, two years ago, mm. he signed on for another five years, mm. right? Um, which is almost unheard of in the sort of, you know, Traveling C-suite executive um, environment yep. that, that a yep. lot of these guys exactly. find themselves. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it it tells me two things. One, it tells me that he understood the process concept and he bought into the process. The second thing that it really highlights for me was what you guys were chatting about in in, in the earlier um, interview before mine was around that concept of really being um, tuned into the values and. Uh, the, 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 you know, this, well, what some people call the warm fuzzy stuff mm. um, a, a, around brands and around companies. Soft skills that produce hard results. Yeah. You've spoken about that. Can you just elaborate what that means to you and your business? Every business is built on relationships. Uh, it doesn't matter how you cut it. And the problem with growing a business is that, you know, we all started as entre entrepreneurs and it's me and I do everything. And, um, Don't and, we know it? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and our clients begin to love that of us, you know, because it's personal. and they Character, human everything. character. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, literally up until last year, yeah. um, my business was operating under the brand Eric Vermeulen. Yeah. Because 15 years ago, someone said to me, you know, Eric, we, we just – where were you on Wednesday during a, a, a training session? I said, well, I, I told you James would be running it. He was working with me. And they said, no, no, it was great. We love James. We just we just thought you'd be there. But So then what's the point of having James? Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I made that kind of mistake, I suppose, of mm. you know putting everything back to, to Eric Vermeulen. Mm. And we've now rebranded as Ridgeline, okay. which is that whole process thinking um, idea. But – when we do that, um, so, so all businesses are built on relationships. What we need to now do, if we need to grow as entrepreneurs and grow our business, is to give everybody the soft skills to be able to build the relationships. And the funny thing is that people build relationships with other people who they perceive to be a lot like themselves. You know, when you, sometimes you, you meet someone and you walk away from that conversation and you go, wow, I love Shluby. She's just like me. Mm. Other times you walk away from, a, from meeting someone and you go, I don't know. There's just we, we. I'm not gelling at all with Frank. Mm -hmm. uh, and the funny thing is, is you know, and this is one of the uh, things that that that, that, I, that I train and, and and teach in in my consulting practice is interpersonal skills. And that, that there are four behavior styles that we all slot into. And if we can identify 
whoever I'm dealing with. I can identify their thrust behavior style. I apply the correct communication protocols um, to, to match their style. They walk away from that interaction thinking, wow, I like Eric. He's just like me. Mm. Uh, uh, you know me doing a lot of MC and commentary work mm. at events and things as well. And people all think that I'm the, um, you know, sort of um, expressive and loud and out there. When, and the truth is I'm actually fairly quiet, shy, and introvert. <laughs> we don't believe that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, but, you yeah, know, so again, if I, know, if I come I into the interview being all quiet, shy, and interviewed, yeah, know, you know, I the listeners are going to tune out and you guys are going to go, sure. But I, I, I guess the, the other side of that is yeah. if, I wa- if I didn't have that side of me, I wouldn't be spending, you know, days, weeks, months alone on mountains Correct. and on my bike and, mm. and, 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 and that sort of thing. I, I want to I, I lean on your introverted, the, the analyst in you. If, yeah, if we, we believe we can that. For a moment. So, uh, just a, a couple of questions. Maybe we can also just use you to, to look out into the world and just see the world through your lens for a moment as well. Uh, there's a, there's a, a question, and, it's a, and you alluded to it to a certain extent with your description of, of building your business on a certain kind of brand. But in a, brand that, in a world that is brand crazy, mm. uh, w- what, what is really necessary to, to stand out? That is, uh, that is the question for us, I think, today. Uh, to, to you who has this, this incredible adventure brand um, that people really are, are – there's a magnetism to that uh, in, in, associ- in associating with you. But then there is also this other side, which is a business that you need to grow. Um, how, do you, how do you do that? How do you live in a world where there's this tension? Nice question. Yeah, um, it's difficult. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, because there, there's the adventure side of me that that will hardly ever say no to anything, uh, and and then there's is that there's that analytical side that goes, I've I've I'm, I'm, I've got a business to run, I've got three businesses to run actually, um, and I often get it wrong mm-hmm. because I would rather say yes to the adventure. I mean, literally yesterday, a possibility came up for me to go and do a mountain bike stage race mm-hmm. in two weeks' time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We know what it takes uh, to do that. So, so, <laughs> am I going to do that? It's yeah. it's 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 really difficult. But but I think in terms of answering the question around what 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 builds the brand, yeah, and how to stand out. Yeah. So I think I asked two yeah. two questions in one there. Um, but I, th- I think the first thing is um, people need to get what they expect mm. to get. Mm. Um, you know, we 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 build a brand. We 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 create a brand identity. We create a brand persona and values. And I think if those are too far removed from the founders, um, who they are, mm. it, it, it becomes difficult because well, you, you then almost start acting or pretending. I, I think to how many guests we've had here in studio, and it's, I mean, it's literally been hundreds, and how there often is this image of them out in the world, and then that we walk, they walk away, and we've had a good conversation in studio, but actually, Lubi and I look at each other and we say, hmm. That's not what we yeah, bought into. We, we didn't. We didn't experience it. We didn't feel Correct. it. We, we didn't buy, and we could see that there was a, a facade. And Correct. I think what you're saying is pull away the facade to a certain extent and deliver real value. Yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. And 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 then do that consistently, mm. because as I said very early on, it takes one bad experience okay. with the wrong person or with even one person. And in, in the age of social media, you know, <laughs> um, what, what we're also finding is. Oddly enough, is how some brands and companies make it difficult for people to deal with them. Mm. That's, and that's remarkable. Yeah. That's the strangest thing. When, when, you, you go to websites and so on. When last have you gone to a website where there's actually a phone number? 
Mm. And you speak to the business owner and you say, well, why, why is that so? No, because we want them to use the online form. Well, they don't want to use the online form. They want to pick up the phone and call you. Mm. Um, and, and so again, it's, it's, I, th- I think you build a powerful brand by understanding what people want. And that in itself is, is a challenge because if Henry Ford asked people what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse. Mm. Uh, and I think that this is what we're getting so right with this whole idea of, process and not selling summits and selling an experience because we're not promising anybody anything because you know when we get to 6,400 meters on Aconcagua and the weather's not right we're going to pull the plug on the expedition we, we, we're not going to say to guys well you know okay let's let's go and and, and, and see what happens yeah. but what we find is when we sell the process we empower people to make their own decisions so two years ago, we had uh, two American clients turn back on Aconcagua. They turned themselves back. Uh, they went back with us this year well, um, on, on the current expedition that, that my partner is leading. Um, and they've again turned themselves back. You know, shame. You know, Aconcagua just maybe is a, a step too far for them. Mm-hmm. The point is that when you sell the process, when the goal isn't um, out there and that's not what people are chasing, they are more empowered to make decisions. And they, ex- they, they have a richer experience for it. So it's no longer about getting to the end. It's about enjoying where I am right now. Let's get back to business. And the, the millennials we see in every company all the time now are not, not in any way focusing on that experience. They're all focusing on, on the goal. And, 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 and where, goal, where, they, where they're going to be, correct. Yeah, and, and, and they're missing out on a hell of a lot because it's only in the experience that you grow. It's only in the experience that you leave every day a different person to the one that you started it in. Uh, and And so – for me, there are so many analogies around um, what we do on mountains and, and what we do in business. I love that last line. There are so many analogies about what we do on mountains and what we do on business. And I think we're going to have to end the conversation there because we've run out of time. Eric, thank you for being in studio. Luby, over to you. You're going to take us home. The highly motivational Eric from Newland Success through an adventurous mindset. Did you like it, Gareth? I, I thoroughly enjoyed the conversations today. And it's lovely how they dovetail together. Wonderful. Uh, so all of you who are listening, go go to cliffcentral.com or future-ceos.com. You'll find our podcasts there. You're going to have to listen to this. And in order to really appreciate this conversation, listen to Vumile, who we chatted to earlier today. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Eric. Cheers, guys. Bye. Future CEOs on cliffcentral.com. This is cliffcentral.com.